2: My name is Lucy St. Louis, and you are listening to 11, the official theatre podcast.
0: Hello and welcome to 11, the official theatre podcast that brings the biggest stars and creatives together in one place to discuss life in the arts. She is the new leading lady of the Phantom of the Opera that's smashing down barriers and making history with her casting as the beloved opera soprano Christine Daae in Andrew Lloyd Webber and Cameron McIntosh's revamped production that's now playing at Her Majesty's Theatre in London's West End. She's no stranger to standing centre stage with previous credits including Ragtime at the Regent's Park Open Air Theatre, the original cast of the book of mormon at the prince of wales theater and also appearing in beautiful the carol king musical alongside playing music icon herself diana ross in motown the musical she's also appeared in man of la mancha at the london coliseum alongside kelsey Grammer. here now in an exclusive conversation we discuss that history making new chapter in her life including getting picked by andrew lloyd webber to be his christine finding new truths in the text and songs with this revamped production her favourite yet most complex moments in the show, and why her casting as arguably the most famous leading lady in the world of theatre is a dream come true for her and her family. Plus, we discuss the history attached to her casting, why perhaps it's taken almost 35 years to see a woman of colour playing the role, and the personal hands-on approach she's been able to have to the role, including wearing her natural hair like a crown. She also reveals why she's proud to be breaking down any unwanted bias around the types of roles that black women can be seen as within the world of the stage, and why it took her rather a long time and a lot of effort to shake off living and performing as Miss Ross. Plus, in a highly emotional and deeply personal moment, She reflects on the boundaries and barriers that she knows will have been broken down for a whole new generation of women looking to see themselves stand centre stage. This is, arguably, one of my all-time favourite conversations. So here she is, it's the beautiful Lucy St. Louis, here now on this, the next episode of Eleven, the official theatre podcast. To meet with current restrictions and to stop the possible spread of COVID 19, Lucy and I connected for this conversation digitally, so please forgive any brief moments while we wait for the internet to catch up. Enjoy. Please help me welcome to this, the next episode of 11. It's the history making West End leading lady of Fans of the Opera that's pretty darn fierce and rather darn fabulous. Hello, Lucy St. Louis.
2: Hello, how are you?
0: I'm very well, how are you?
2: Yeah, well, really good, thank you. I'm just chilling here at my house before I go to the theatre tonight.
0: Very, very exciting. Thank you so much for being here. And I've been badgering the people that represent you and Phantom of the Opera for quite a long time since your amazing (laughs) casting came out there. I was desperate to talk to you, so
2: I'm really looking forward to this. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's lovely to speak to you. And we
0: should probably talk about that very, very, very big role and that very, very big show that you are currently leading, which... I did I think it would be oh my gosh it must be two weeks ago today actually that I got the opportunity to come and see you play the iconic christine Daae in fans with yeah. the opera and you are just glorious I mean if ever there's oh. a plot that's seemingly written for you it's it's absolutely perfect so Thank before we talk you. about taking on a role that I know you very much wanted to play and we're very very keen to manifest and make a reality which you've done I guess are you just having the best time of your life right now
2: I really am I absolutely love it it is the most wonderful feeling to love going to work every day to love what i am doing especially the show that i'm in and it is yeah i feel very very blessed and privileged to be in this position and i love it i love it so much i love the company i love the cast they are just incredible and when when you walk into the building it feels so warm and welcoming and and we're just friends and family we're literally one big family and it is it's a gorgeous place to be
0: do you remember sort of way back when I obviously of course Fancy with the Opera is an iconic staple of musical theatre internationally but do you remember what it was specifically about this part and this role that you thought I want to do this do you remember what it was that you sort of completely fell in love with
2: I fell in love with the score the score was the most beautiful iconic thing I'd ever heard um and the journey that Christine goes on in particular i absolutely love i love that i love the growth that she has as a, as a, from a young girl to a woman uh, yeah the story that she goes on she goes on such an incredible journey and and the the people that she interacts with give her such i guess strength towards the end you know and she and she really finds her voice towards the end with without the Phantom. Um, and, I, and I love that. I love that she is strong and empowered.
0: So when was the first time that you saw the show? Do you remember who it was that who was playing the part that you now play?
2: God, I've seen many, 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 many incredible performers. But one, one time that was very special, which is a story that my mum will tell me is when she and my, um, my grandma saw Sarah Brightman do it in the West End. So that was something which I will always remember. The stories of that, and they—they they both love the musical. But I've seen many, many a wonderful Christines, and—and and that is the thing. Is the Christines before me, and that come after me. We are a sisterhood. We share it together, and it is—it's so—it's so beautiful to um, to have had the well wishes and um, from previous Christines, and 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 then hopefully see many other Christines especially that look like me coming up through the ranks later on.
0: So is Lucy's love of Christine (laughs) because of your mum is that who we've got to thank for that?
2: i say my mum and my grandma, yes. Yes, definitely. Um, my grandma's sadly not with us now, but she 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 would have been blown away by this whole thing seeing me up there playing such a role that she she loved, a show that she loved. And um, she used to make all my costumes when I was when I was um growing up for like my competitions and things like that. And they were all elaborate and they're all, you know, very lavish, especially like, you know, the shows that well Phantom of the Opera the costumes are so incredible and yeah a lot of them would be designed from that show you know that she would recreate for me in her own way um, and I'd use it for a competition or something like that but I, I yeah she she was definitely a big inspiration and, and my mum who love this show. So yeah, I'm carrying it on for them.
0: Has your mom had the opportunity to see you play, Christine?
2: <clears throat> she saw it on the, the first preview, the first um incredible night when Phantom reopened, and it was it was emotional. It was so emotional. You know, she she absolutely loved it, and it brought back many memories of um of when she saw it in, in the West End with my grandma and Sarah Brightman, and and she said it was so special to to see me up there playing a role that I've wanted for so long um and that she's obviously seen the journey of me getting to this point you know of wanting it for so long there's some there's a lot of pride and um a lot of love knowing that I've got the role and that I'm up there doing what I love.
0: Was it more pressure getting Andrew's seal of approval or is it more pressure getting your mum's seal of
1: approval?
2: Both. But if I'm honest, it was the most incredible thing having Andrew's seal of approval. It really, really was. And um to know that he loved what I brought to Christine was something that I I will be forever, eternally grateful for because you know I I bring my own my own version and everyone who has stepped into the role we bring our own individuality to it and that is something which I have tried so hard to um, really really show within how I portray Christine and and he's welcomed it and yeah with open arms and it's that's such a wonderful feeling to have.
0: Do you think because of the relationship that Other members of your family had with the show and then obviously your absolute just admiration and love for christine and your desire to want to play her do you think it probably all was always meant to happen in some capacity do you think it was written in the stars
2: oh gosh that is a question i i'd love to think that you know i i believe a lot in fate and and things that are meant for you won't pass you by it's not the right moment for things to happen it will still find you if it's meant to be and so yeah, I do believe maybe at some point in time that this was all meant to happen and it and it was supposed to happen at this particular moment. It is such an amazing, amazing ride to be on.
0: Phantom of the Opera is one of those shows hmm. that I think is quite rare in that there are literally about 20 different conversations, characters, songs, moments in the show that... People absolutely love and that's their thing that they like about the show. You know, and that's even down yeah. to like the first opening five minutes, which I think are enthralling, considering there's no music, <laughs> it's just dialogue about like, I love this moment. Yeah, it's so is, intense. <laughs> yeah, intense is definitely the word. Is there is there a specific <laughs> thing that you love? getting the Mm. opportunity to put your mark on, for example, do you like all of the scenes Mm. with the Phantom where he's sort of coming for you with one of a better phrase, or do you like the opportunities to sing Mm. some of the more technically challenging songs? I guess, where where do you thrive Mm. when you're getting to go on stage?
2: That's a really good question, but really hard because I, I love the whole process because Christine's got such a trajectory in where she starts and where she finishes. And you can't have one bit without the other. The the journey to get to those bigger moments towards the end, which I love, I couldn't just get there without playing the vulnerable moments in the beginning, the uncertainty in the beginning. So they all kind of feed each other. But I love that I found a strength for Christine and finding that strength for Christine in the end. Um, And that is something which us as women, especially in the 21st century, we are so much stronger and our voices are so powerful, and we, we have so much strength within us that we're not going to be left behind or, or pushed to the side. Our voices matter, and that is something which I think, towards the end, she finds her own voice. The Phantom has given her her voice throughout the show and kind of guided her, but towards the end, she actually finds her voice and knows how to use it, to stand up to him in a way that's like, you no, know, we don't need the violence we don't need all of this there is so much love and compassion you just need to see it and and in a different way and 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 receive it and she gives that to him she gives the kindness and the love and compassion that he's not been shown before and that is something which after he's beaten her down to be able to then show someone that is is so strong And and I think that is something which I love that um, Seth, the director gave myself and Killian that freedom to refine these characters and give them a new lease of life within this day and age, but keeping it still with the, the heart of Phantom of the period of the style it's written in, but still focus on what, what we can give these characters now. I love that journey that she goes on and, 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 and the songs they get bigger and bigger and bigger the voice grows as she goes throughout the show so it's it's for me that's something which I can't really say one moment because I I really love it all I love it every single moment and it all kind of is is building blocks to each other if that makes sense
0: you're also completely sport because literally of every turn of the page is like iconic song iconic mm, woman icon. right like,
2: exactly like,
0: like come on exactly us
2: a Exa- exactly <laughs> exactly and you know everyone loves the music i love the music and and you could sit there and literally just listen to the music without without the the story and still know what's going on because it it drives the show it is is the foundation.
0: I'm so glad you mentioned Christine's strength towards the end because Mm -hmm. I actually think in that sort of those closing moments Mm. is something that I found incredibly emotional and perhaps something that I've not necessarily experienced before having seen the show quite a few times. Because it was, I guess, a mixture of just a little bit of fresh direction and also fresh approach that brought a little bit of ad-libs. For example, Killian's repeatedly Mm. sort of saying, you know, I miss you. I love you as you're sort of departing Mm. off with Raul. And then you've also got him isolated on his own and then you coming back. And the whole thing was really, really overwhelming. And it was the sense of kindness, I think, rather than... I don't want to say negativity because I think that's always been a beautiful moment but sometimes there's a little bit of jealousy and anger that comes from the Phantom and Christine at that moment and I actually think it's almost a sense of happiness and I I think I think goodness is actually quite a difficult thing to show and often we as humans don't do that and I, I thought that was amazing.
2: That whole final layer is one of the most powerful and special moments and and I think Killian will agree with me in our show and it is one that means a lot to us. And it means a lot to us to get right every night because it is driven from such raw emotion. And every night when we finish, we are in bits. And then I've got to go and sing in the boat as I go off. And I'm and I'm absolutely heartbroken because the thing is, she does love the phantom deeply, and he loves her deeply. And that is the fundamental thing is you can love someone deeply, but you can still let them go. And it and it wasn't their time to be together in that yeah. moment. And and that is something which is so hard to to show and portray without without the coldness coming in. That is something which we've we've tried so hard to pump into it is that the love and the compassion and the kindness. And it doesn't matter, you know, how different and unique you are There, you can still be loved and still show kindness to everyone, and I think that is something which um, we we try to show in our in our version of of this show, and and I think. It, well it feels very powerful for us to perform that every night and very emotional and that is something which I love showing every night and and I think Killian will agree it is one of our favorite moment yet sad moments because yeah. there's there's so much love felt it's just not the right time and we all can relate to that in some ways in life and in love and in friendships and things, you know.
0: I think it's a really interesting part of it, the human psyche and emotion. And I exactly. think I think it's really, really exciting. But when you're 30 something years deep into a show and you know there've been lots of different portrayals of this character and it's as iconic as we can keep, repeatedly keep saying it, it's because it really is probably the most iconic leading lady ever, really. Is it difficult to pull away from what's come before and to find your channel? And how much do you think this being a new version of this show that, that I guess supported in helping you find your way?
2: Um, Another great question. Um, To be honest, everything's in the text, you know, and I and of course, I've seen versions of the show before, but I really wanted to strip everything back and really focus on what was being said, we can get kind of so swept up in the music of it, that we sometimes lose the dialogue, the, the, the communication what the message is because the music is so beautiful and we can just sit there and strip it back and and not focus on what's being really said because the score is so beautiful. But I really wanted to focus back on the text and to really understand the journey behind the characters and understand Christine as a whole and, and where her journey kind of moved throughout the show. When I kind of step back and look at the text, it gave us so much more freedom. And of course, keeping it within the realms of Phantom, it doesn't mean that we can't ask questions of why are we doing this emotionally? Where are we placing this and why why have we done that for so many years? and Okay. Can she be feeling this as well? There's so many other questions which opened another door. I think, you know, that is something which is being in a space and and kind of getting back in a rehearsal studio. It gives you that space to actually ask those questions and to go, okay, so why do why do I move over here when I say that? Why what is my thought process going into it? And the moment you understand all of those things, it comes from an instinctive place of not just doing but living and you're living through what you're saying. So I think sometimes over, year, over, over years and years and years, things can get lost in translation and, and things can get lost in how we deliver it. And sometimes it's good to just go back to the text because the text is the most important thing and it's key. And when you look at it, you can see so much, it's so layered that all you need to do is strip it back and actually read what's there and see instinctively how it makes you feel and if it makes you feel a certain way then question why and then how can you apply that to to your journey within the show and that's been something which I think we've really tried to do this time round and that's why the final layer has so many other layers to it because we've gone but she wouldn't just be on the floor and not get back up again she's too strong she's not someone that you're going to put down and that She's going to stay down. She's going to get back up because she's not going to take it because she is strong. She has got inner light that she's trying to give to him. And the moment she backs down, then he, he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand what she's trying to do. And, and But she's standing up with strength and compassion and kindness, not aggression. She's not meeting him with what he only knows to give her because that's all he's known his whole life you know his his defense mechanism is to use aggression because he's scared and deep down he just wants love and that's why she stands up because she goes no I'm not gonna take this from you you need to hear me because you deserve the love and you can be shown it and and I think when you look back at all the text you go okay there's so much here how do we how do we pile all this in to our version and and that's something that we've tried so hard to do and um yeah I've loved being a part of it because we've asked so many more questions and we've pieced so many things together which I think for me they make they make sense they make sense to ask those questions and to know deep down why why she's doing certain things why she's following blindly for so for so long to a certain point you know and what's the relationship with Rao and what's the relationship with um, Madame Giry and all of those things you know they all have links and building blocks to how she then becomes this strong woman in the end.
0: Is it difficult uh, to not be influenced by what comes next for example with Love Never Dies because I actually always my mind always wanders whenever they talk about will Christine sing I always think Christine's definitely going to sing because that's a completely different narrative that we don't really talk about in Phantom. Obviously it's a completely separate story, but you just go, yeah, like there is so much more than we get to see. And I think as an audience member, I think that's so exciting.
2: Yes, yes, I do. And I, and you know, I think there's, it's it's always a hard one to kind of look further ahead. Um, And within this moment for me right now, I had to really just look at what was here and work with what I had. But it is, it's very exciting.
0: You mentioned about being selected and chosen and given, I guess, permission, if that's even the right way, to explore a whole new Christine with Andrew's love and blessing. I guess when you've had interactions within the rehearsal space, perhaps when it moved to the theatre, what what were those conversations like with Andrew? Was he very much just, I want to see what you can bring and I love it? Or I guess, because I think if anybody's gonna know this character more than anyone, it's gonna be him.
2: (laughs) Exactly. And that has been something which has been a huge blessing. And he allowed me to bring Lucy, bring what I could emotionally to the part. And that is something I will forever be eternally grateful for. But it is, it's a trust. He has created something spectacular. And to allow someone to come in and bring their own interpretations to things it's hard it's hard, but we built that trust and, and he he's given me that guidance, you know, and understanding and and nurtured how I thought and saw Christine and and it works both ways, you know. I would bring my ideas and and then he would he would bring his ideas and that and that is something which I think is so amazing to have that communication in a room in a creative space. And especially with Seth, the director, we had that and it was it was so organic and everything moved in a way which was so uh, fresh and it pumped new life into this amazing, amazing story, which will never go stale because it's a timeless love story. But we want to kind of keep the
0: emotion real. How far into the audition process and perhaps being given the role, were you aware that history would be attached to your casting?
2: Oh gosh. I I knew that no one had played the role who looked like me. So whenever you go into any audition process, you know the show. You you do your research and you, you know, you know the show. Stepping into that room, I'd never seen anyone who looked like me. So there the odds were always stacked against me in my eyes and and that's why something for me it is so important that representation is seen throughout our industry because when you see yourself wherever it is you can believe that you can be there so even for me auditioning and I you know and I get through the rounds and I and I never believed possible that it could ever really happen because it never happened in 30 this is going to be its 35th year it never happened and so to know that it, this this was the outcome is something which you know still to this day blows my mind because it means so much to me and i know so much to so many other women of color and especially black women because it was never a thing, it was a dream. It was a kind of silent dream that we'd keep to ourselves, but it was never something which almost we dared believe come true because we never thought possible, you know? And it's kind of a little sad in a way because, you know, when you... When you think about it, we should be able to dream big and, and and be able to feel that we can go for anything that we want. And that is something now which I hope inspires a lot for, for other women, especially black women and women of colour coming into roles and, and, and auditioning for roles like this that have been around, uh, around for so long. And now they can see a place for themselves and know that they can be there too.
0: Has there ever been any discussion or understanding as to why it's taken 34 plus years? Has there ever been any reason as to why perhaps that might have happened?
2: Um, there there has been com- conversations. And I think the show has blindly done what it's what it has because it worked for so long. And I think when you don't see any see anything else you you don't you you know you don't want to change it the thing is that it's not representing our world and it's not representing our industry and there's been many things that we've changed within this production you know I'm very proud to have had a hand in changing within this production so that it opens up to so many other women of color and that is something which I am very proud of and and that you know, will hopefully keep the doors firmly wide open.
0: The reason why I asked the question just before that one in that particular way was because I was speaking to Alexandra Billings, who is the first openly transgender woman to star as Madame Horrible in Wicked. And she Mm. said that during her audition and rehearsal process, she didn't really think about the fact that history would be attached to her just going to work. She said, actually, it's Mm. almost weird in a way that you're aware of your identity, but when you're just living authentically, therefore you aren't necessarily aware that everything you do is seemingly historic in in many, many Mm. cases. And I wondered if you had the same sort of experience.
2: Yes, uh, well, I, I have. But with this with this role in particular, it shouldn't be the fact that I am the first Black Christine. It should just be that I am Christine, yes. but it has been hugely attached to it. And, and I am very proud to be the first Black Christine, but it shouldn't be the forefront of what we are celebrating. But that doesn't take away that we need to celebrate it to acknowledge that now it's happened and we can't go backwards. But yes, I, I have been very aware of it because you know there's been so many things coming into this role that like I've said, I've had to help change so that we don't go backwards with this show and with this role. And so that we, we keep educating and communicating and moving forward and understanding um, each other. And that's like one point in particular is the hair. You know, my hair in the show, is, um, is my Afro-textured curly hair. And it is beautiful and I love it. And it mm-hmm. is something which I've had to communicate with and say, you know, if I'm coming into this role, I want to be represented as a Black woman in my uniqueness and in my own glory. You know, I, I, I shouldn't be, when this character isn't a real person, I shouldn't be coming in and, being made to feel like I am putting on a white woman's shoes and playing a white woman's role. This is just a woman and I am playing a woman and I am a black woman. So I should be representing of what I what I look like on that stage. And that doesn't take away from the period and the style of the show. It's just including and celebrating everyone's uniqueness. And that is something which was very important for me moving forward that was represented right and shown because it's such an important thing. Hair is such an important thing to many many women, but especially black women and women of color. It is our crown. and, And that is something which throughout society, black hair especially has been deemed unprofessional, unruly, hard to maintain. It, it 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 is it pulls focus it's not it's not beautiful whereas now i had the opportunity to show that black hair is beautiful and with the right care style everything we can we can represent it in the right way and it should be represented and celebrated within our industry and and shown as a full front like lead character you know in in her full glory with beautiful black afro textured hair and that is something which I was so proud to be a part of that change and to show that uniqueness and um and celebrate it and and to hopefully for other women to believe that that is beautiful and for people to see that it's beautiful and you know to blow the stereotypes out of the window of what should or shouldn't be and and yeah something that is I'm very proud to have been a part of the movement and the many changes that have happened within this show within this production particularly anyone can play this role you know it doesn't matter what you look like you should be celebrated in it and celebrated within your uniqueness of playing the role and what works for you best on that stage
0: it feels like there is a real sense of change happening. And I, I'm always particularly optimistic in most scenarios. And I like the idea that we have your historic casting. And then we also have, for example, just to pick two, like Alexandra Burke being the first black woman to play in the narrator in Joseph, which again, you sort of sit there thinking that's absolutely absa- uh, absurd that it's taken and insane it's taken this long, but mm. we're here and there will always be first, but hopefully not last. Yeah. And I feel like, do you feel hopeful that change is happening?
2: I feel very hopeful and I feel that yes like you say it's there's got to be first and it shouldn't be that we are celebrating this this as, as as um as a thing but we have to acknowledge it and we do have to celebrate it because it is something that is very special and needs to have that recognition that we are moving forward as an industry and that we are opening our doors and I believe that there is a lot of change happening and we are using our voices for for so much better and that is something which I I am very proud of and I hope that you know we we are to keep our doors open and to welcome new generations and and generations around us that we can be we can be in this industry together and that we are all welcome and that it is about who is right for the job, not what you look like.
0: And it means we are hopefully now quite literally a matter of days, weeks, hopefully not years, but months away from seeing two people of colour play, not just Christine, but also the Phantom as well, which the idea of that casting just it's it's gonna happen one day and and what a mm-hmm. moment that will be.
2: Yeah, it's a very special moment. And I and when you've got shows like Phantom of the Opera that has been running for so long and that is I'd say probably the foundations of theatre, you know, it's been there for so long. If they can open their doors, then there's no excuse for any other show. Do you know what I mean? And our industry, our industry needs to represent what our world is. And our world is full of beautiful ethnicities and diversity. And it is, and we, we need to represent that on stage. And that's not just on stage, that's throughout our whole community, our whole industry, whether that's in wigs, wardrobe, front of house, crew, orchestras, it's everywhere. We have to be inclusive and, and be invited. And that's another thing. It's, it's not, um, it's being invited to have a seat at the table and that is, and, and then celebrated within that and, and, and felt heard. We're moving forward, and it's a big change happening, and I'm very proud to be a part of it.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P.com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply.
0: Now, one thing that you sort of don't do yourself any favors is that you play these iconic roles and women, and therefore basically set yourself up for so much pressure I don't know why you do it because you have also played literally I think one of the most iconic women in the world of music ever playing Diana Ross in Motown yeah which I can imagine I mean let's just pick basically the most famous singer ever and then try and play her on stage I mean yeah good luck babe
2: How,
0: (laughs) how on earth did you do that
2: oh gosh um that again a lot of studying a lot of a lot of reading watching videos and and really really breaking down who she was as a woman and 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 the thing is you could never you can never be I could never be her it's trying to find the essences and some of the nuances and qualities that she would bring to her performances and that she she as a person has which I can try to live organically through myself in my own way and and yeah, it was, it was definitely another hard process because I really had to mould and shape my voice and completely strip my voice back to something that was not me, really try and harness and channel her and everything I did. And, and it, was, it was amazing to live through this iconic woman and her experiences and her, her life and, and to learn so much about her she touched literally with her voice with her with her gaze every single person within that audience and that is something which she has a, a immense power you know um of as an artist and as a performer and and that is a, a that is a lesson to learn as well just for myself as an actress and and a performer um to try and harness that and yeah, she gave me so much strength. Well, I say playing Diana Ross. She, she, she as a woman, gave me so much strength. It was a huge challenge, again, because, you know, when you step on that stage, I'm stepping on there as Diana Ross, and people are expecting to see her. Even though I'm not her, I just have to try and find my inner and authentic Diana Ross that I can bring. And, and um, yeah, it was, it was a joy. But there was a lot of them, when I finished the show, unlearning of her because I'd done the show for two years and I pretty much ate slept breathed her for for two years so internally I had her within me you know she was I had to unlearn her voice within my voice you know and and find my find my sound again and and that is something which is it's 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 huge lessons. It's such huge lessons, and it's exciting. And you know, um, to be able that this our voices are so such amazing tools, and we can manipulate and change and, and rework and and undo and, and 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 yeah, it's amazing. You know, and now I'm playing Christine, which is literally the complete opposite end of the scale. And you know, that was another thing people trying to or me trying to get people to understand. That you can't put me in the box of Diana Ross. You can't just say, oh, that's what you can do. That's 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 your area. You know, you can play Diana Ross, you can play, you can probably be Dina in Dream Girls, you could maybe, you know, do another jukebox musical. You can't, you can't do that. And that is something which I fought so hard to do was to try and push and change people's perceptions of looking at me as a stereotype and going. This is the only path that you can do, not just physically looking at me as a stereotype, but also vocally looking at me as a stereotype and going, well, this is the areas that you're going to, this is the shows that you're going to do. That's it. And I was like, no, 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 no. There's so much more in me and you just need to give me a chance to try and change people's minds and open people's minds is probably one of the hardest things that I've had to try and overcome because unless people see it they can't believe it and now now I'm in the show you know people you know, people are on board they're like oh god I can't believe that you know this is what you've not you've not been doing this the whole time you know it's it's crazy but that's that's why I'm saying it's so important to see and and to just open your doors if people can say that they want to try something new, then, then give them the opportunity, you know, because that, that was something which was very hard to try and change people's minds from seeing me as Diana Ross to then giving me the opportunity to even be in the position of Christine.
0: People are on board is literally the biggest understatement I've ever heard in my life, but I, I understand what you mean. <laughs> People are like obsessed. I mean, you only have to look at your social media to be like, I am obsessed with her. I mean, literally that's what I post- posted, like 20 video clips of you having seen the show, just being like, I'm obsessed with her. You
2: are sweetest. You're so kind. And, you know, I, honestly, I I can't thank the support that has come, especially from, from the opening, especially from the reopening on the Tuesday. Um, but the the love and support around the world has been absolutely mind-blowingly incredible and you know reading some of the stories of hope and just you know it it is very emotional to to know that people are seeing it and that they then believe in themselves and that is something which god I could get I get emotional thinking about it but it is it is something which is very special.
0: I'm going to let you go in a second, but I just have one final question for you. <laughs> go on. And I don't want to make you cry. I'm really conscious. I don't want to do that. But
2: no, go my, on.
0: my final question for you is we've spoken a lot about what Lucy has brought to Christine and how much you've been able to give, to give her a voice, to give her a journey, to give her the opportunity to find strength at times when I think a lot of people would struggle to do so. But I wanted to flip it around and I wondered if there was anything that you feel that Christine has given Lucy the individual.
2: Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. She has given me, she's given me so much more understanding of myself. You know, I'd say that Christine is a role that runs very kind of parallel with my life, her journey in terms of things, you know, I, I can relate to so many parts of the story deeply with her from personal experiences. But I think her, her strength of and her compassion and kindness of how she gets through to the end. Just her love, her love. She's given me so much, she's given me so much. But it, as a performer, she's given me so much fulfillment on stage every night. And um, to tell her story, to tell the story and to be in the show is just something which will go down as probably one of the best things in my life, <laughs> you know?
0: Well, I can imagine her giving you all that allows you to think about what the audience gets from your performance as well and I can tell you having been able to sit in the audience and see you it's extraordinary you are awesomely talented and just remarkably beautiful playing this part so thank you so much for your time today and just letting me have the opportunity to talk to you it's a real honor
2: thank you oh bless you you're so sweet thank you so much thank Thank you you so
0: much Uh, good luck with the show this evening enjoy it in all its glory go out and absolutely smash it (laughs) thank you you're an angel
2: oh and you lovely to meet you i'd love to meet you in person at some point
0: yeah definitely i'm gonna come (laughs) to the show a lot so you you won't get rid of me don't worry
2: (laughs) oh brilliant oh thank you thank you have a lovely day my darling.
0: bye You've been listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Find out more about Eleven at elevenpodcast.com or via the Broadway Podcast Network.